All right, everybody. So today we have Pete Rubish on the show. How you doing, Pete? Pretty good. How about you? Doing well, man. It's funny. I, I've heard your name for a while. So like, I mean, I got into the YouTube space, I guess probably around 2010 or 11, like the YouTube fitness space. And yeah, I've been lifting for even longer than that. But I remember hearing you brought up by Jason Blaha. And I just he just talked about you as this like incredibly strong guy, high, like crazy deadlift. And I found out recently, I think you and I are the same age. So how old are you? 29. 29. Okay, I'm 29 as well. I guess I just wow. assumed because again, I'm like 21 or whatever I was at the time. I just assumed you were like 30 because it's not like I saw pictures of you. I just like heard Pete Rubish. So it's funny to think that we're actually the same age. Yeah, I've been around a while, so it feels like I'm uh, sometimes older than I am. But yeah, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm one of the veterans now in the powerlifting community, whereas I used to see all the other guys and I'm like, oh, they're so old, you know? Right. Exactly. I, mean, I was like one of the young up and comers. Yeah. And it's just the cycle of life. Like now I got guys coming up who are uh, a lot stronger and, you know, in their uh, their lower 20s and such. And now I'm like the old guy. Right, right. Yeah, man, I'm 30 is about two months away from me. And I'm like, when the hell did that happen? <laughs> I've got about four, so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so as we said, we start every podcast here with a donation to the charity of choice of the guest. And you had mentioned the Humane Society. So that's, I'll have a link down below for anybody who also wants to contribute there. Uh, but why did you pick that one? I just, I have four dogs and I absolutely love dogs. So one of them, only one of them is, well, one of them is adopted from a shelter and then the other few were uh, people had them and we didn't like pay for them or anything but we got them and i just i absolutely have a connection with animals especially dogs in particular awesome. um, they warm yeah. my my heart my soul <laughs> yeah I, you know it's, it's hard to not like dogs i think um if you know scott stevenson he's huge on dogs and uh i think at least once or twice that he's been on we've made a donation to an animal shelter john meadows same thing um so yeah i don't think anybody's gonna not like that one is Scott, Scott Stevenson, are you talking about the chiropractor? Or? He is a, um, I know he, a chiropractor. He's a chiropractor. He's, so he's big in the space. He's like works out with John Meadows a decent amount, or at least pre-COVID. Okay, so it must be a different guy. Yeah, different. He does have his acupuncture license. He has a PhD. Um, I think those are like the two main thing. Uh, I don't know if he still practices that, but not specifically a chiropractor. Okay, because there's this giant chiropractor named Scott Stevenson, and he uh, worked on a couple of the bigger name powerlifters. Gotcha. Okay. Just yeah, wondering if it was the same guy because I've, I've worked with him. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we'll get into this a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, I've heard of your name for a long time. How did you, just for people who maybe haven't heard of you, I think you kind of, or at least it seemed that you kind of maybe took a break for a little while. I know now you're working on your health, and we'll get into that as well. How did you first get into powerlifting? Uh, just when I was like 14 years old, my dad had some weights in the basement and we just, we gradually accumulated more equipment and I saw him doing that. And I, I started out like bench and curls like everybody else. And then I started doing deadlifts and squats and all the compound lifts and I just fell in love with it. So for a while, it kind of like supplemented my uh, athletic performance in school, but then I would always kind of be in season in any given sport, whether it was like basketball or football. Yeah. And I, I couldn't make strength gains, so I kind of uh, got away from those and gravitated towards powerlifting full-time, and I've been doing it ever since. So I started competing when I was, like, 17, and like, as I said, I'm about to be 30 this year, so it's been a long ride. And my body feels it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you still lifting? Like, I know you had mentioned before, and, and people don't know if you probably look it up, but I, I believe your top deadlift was near 900 pounds. Uh, squad maybe upper 700s and bench close to 500 is that about right for your peak yeah i did 920 in the gym but in the competition wow. i don't count that i did 871 um under competition standards no straps uh calibrated plates squat That's was crazy. 772 in knee sleeves and then that one almost killed me and then uh <laughs> bench was 463 and then i did 485 in training so wow all those were under heavy, heavy uh, supplementation and such. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, when, if you don't mind me asking, when did you get into the super supplements? Uh, I got into anabolic steroids when I was 20 years old. Okay. So, so now young. I'm, yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things. It was honestly more like ego and seeing what other guys were doing. Sure. And I just wanted to keep up with them and surpass them because 
there was a guy in particular and like, we're cool and everything. It's not like that, but he was around the same age, about a year younger than me. And I was deadlifting around 700 pounds and he just blew past me. Like, like yeah. just blew past me. And I was like, what in the actual heck? I was so upset about it. Cause you know, you're 20, you're like competing with this guy. And, uh, so I found out what he was doing and then I just got in on the same thing. And I wish I hadn't started that young, but that's just hindsight for you. Yeah, no, man, I think like regardless of how smart somebody is when you're that age, because like, you know, for me, when I was 20 and I had been lifting by that point already like seven years, you know, I started pretty young and I had a friend who had just started like a year prior. And I remember hitting like a, a one rep max on my bench that I was pretty proud of. And within like all of a sudden he did it for five reps and I was like, what the hell just happened? Lo and behold, he started taking stuff. And, you know, I mean, he just looked ridiculous. All of a sudden he was like so much stronger than the rest of us. But I just remember like specifically that lift hitting it. And then like a week later he did it for five and I was like, what is going on? You know, and I'd worked so hard <laughs> to get to that point. Um, so I, I can definitely relate, you know, there's, there's always going to be that competition. And I think once you get closer to 30 and certainly hopefully 40, like you stop having so much ego tied to it, right. You can step back a little bit and realize that like, there's other things going on. But at that time, like, that's a big part of who I was. And, and obviously for you, probably even more so. Yeah, I think um, that was my identity at the time, 100%. Whereas it's not necessarily the case anymore. I'm able to get more um, enjoyment out of seeing others do well, like clients and such, mm -hmm. as opposed to myself. So the, the ego is less of a thing. But in your 20s, you almost have that, had that feeling of invincibility where I was just like, I'll put anything into my body. I don't care. Um, nothing's going to happen to me or that's what I thought. Yeah. I didn't think I was like doing anything negative or damaging. So, um, or I, I didn't even think of it that way. I should say, it's not that I didn't think it was harmful. I just was like, I'm in my twenties. Who cares? Right. So you Did throw you caution get the information wind. from somebody in particular or like, was it just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to find a source and then just go with it. Yeah. I knew people, but the stuff was pretty sketchy back then as well. That was the other yeah. thing. Like, when you're that young or whatever, you don't know where to go. Like you just get whatever you can find. So if you know some people who have it, you just, you take whatever they're taking and it could be made in someone's basement, like completely, yeah. uh, you know, under terrible conditions and not, not healthy at all. And I used to have, um, I'd get huge, like, I don't even know what to call them. Huge swelling welts from where the injection site was. And like, yeah, there were times I could barely walk for a week from where I'd, Wow. So that, that, that's how bad this stuff was. And like, I had terrible cystic acne when I first started and I still have scars from it, but it's a lot better um, just because it was such garbage quality. Yeah. And, th wow. and that's another problem. So you just like, it, there were so many issues, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it honestly, when I hear some of the things I'm just like, damn, like, and then again, like I threw caution to the wind. Like one of the things like I regretted taking, uh, if you know, like Accutane is an Accu medication and uh, later on, like there was actually a huge lawsuit against them. But like, if, if you're a 16 year old with acne, you're like, I don't care. Just like whatever's going to make me like look better in that situation. And we're in your situation, whatever's going to make me stronger, I think. And again, you know, maybe we're both smart guys, but it just, there's just like an emotional component to all decision-making. And especially when you're, you're that age. So I get it. But when I hear some of these people say how like they're getting, you know, anabolics, it's just like, they don't know anything about the person. They don't know how anything was made. Um, you know, I've become kind of a hypochondriac over the years, you know, as I've switched to more of a focus on health and I look back where I think about like, what other people do? And I'm just like, you just don't care, but it hasn't happened to them. Right. In their mind, they're still invincible. So I get it. Yeah, pretty much. Like I'm, I'm definitely a hypochondriac now. I didn't, I <laughs> used to be the opposite, but now I'm like paranoid. Every time I, I have something go wrong, I'm, I think it's like cancer or something. And I'm always yeah. getting labs done like constantly for my own peace of mind. And then uh, just to see how, if everything's rebounding as far as my organ health, cause yeah. I, I just, I wonder now I'm like, how much damage did I, did I do? And um, sure. So what kind of scans and blood work have you had done? I've only had, well, last month I had C reactive protein, which it was like the lowest possible score. It was like under okay. 0.3. Good. So that was cool. Cause that made me feel better. I don't think you're you're gonna have cancer if your C-reactive protein is as low as possible number. There's no inflammation going on, so that that made me feel better. And I just the typical stuff like a, a CBC, you know, um, kidney functions, liver functions, testosterone, 
nothing, nothing too crazy. I had some tumor markers looked at. Um, I, it just, I'll change it up each month because some things don't make sense testing like every single month, but sure. I like to kind of see my like kidney functions and CBC and all that stuff. Did you ever have an elevated CRP, C-reactive protein? No, because I I literally have only had it tested that one time, which was uh, about 30 days ago. And it gotcha. was, uh, I, I mean, who the heck knows what my blood work looked like over those years when I was abusing anabolics. Right. It was, it was probably a, a disaster. There were a couple of times I had some labs done um, and cholesterol LDL was obviously, you know, terrible and uh hematocrit was through the roof that was one that was pretty consistent i always see hematocrit especially in clients as well mm -hmm. even if sure. they're not on like a ton of stuff if they're on just even testosterone and their hematocrit's always like 51 52 i've yeah. seen 53 54 um it's just always elevated that's one thing and whereas my hematocrit now is like 39 and a half nice. so it's on the other end of the spectrum um but those are, those are the main things I just try to, I'm trying to always improve kidney health. That's a big thing. Liver yeah. health. Have you had decreased GFR values for your kidney health? Uh, the lowest I recall it being, I'm sure when I was on like trend and stuff, I'm sure it was honestly in the sixties if okay. I had to guess, but there's, there's also a common theme in powerlifting. And I think in uh, any sport involving anabolics where you want to bury your head in the sand and you don't sure. want to know how bad it is you don't want to know the damage you're doing so most guys aren't getting labs done and i didn't either you know when i was like really pushing it pushing the envelope i didn't want to see the damage i was doing so we we don't look at these things until you know it's too late or whatever but yeah i think my uh gfr was probably in the 60s at one point but now it's like 108 so nice. it, it's gone up a lot so just a point of clarification, just for the audience. So CRP is, as you mentioned, a measure of inflammation. Um, they are, there's HS CRP, um, which can be a little bit more specific and usually you'll see like lower values. Um, in general, it, while it is a marker of inflammation, I, the only thing I would say, and this isn't like to concern you because I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be overly concerned about cancer in your case, but you definitely can't have cancer and have a low CRP. So I, I just wouldn't want people to think that because, you know, if they're worried about like lung cancer or something um, and, you know, it's in an early stage, they could have a, a CRP that's low and still have lung cancer or other cancers. So they're not, you know, totally exclusive to one another. Uh, right, exactly. Um, that was one thing. But just generally, yeah, there was a, a guy I knew who was a bodybuilder. I guess he doesn't compete now. And he's probably around 50. And I remember like he stopped working out, actually. He hasn't worked out in like two years. And he still had a lot of muscle. And he told me he just year round is on um, testosterone, trenbolone. And I forget there was like one other thing he like would throw in once in a while. But he's literally on like 100 plus milligrams of trend just all the time, year round. And I mean, you could tell like, he looks impressive, but I'm just like, dude, you're 50 years old. Like, what are you doing? He said his cholesterol is in the 400s. And he's like, all right, but you know, like, I feel good. And that's, I mean, I, I, that's an extreme level of putting your head in the sand, but people do it, man. 400. So like his total cholesterol is 400 or, or his LDL? Yeah. And I, his total cholesterol, Still, and I'm sure his terrible. LDL is probably in the 300s. That, that's insane. I've never seen that high. The highest I've seen LDL is like 230. Yeah. I actually did work. an experiment with it. You've heard people probably talking about this like carnivore diet. Um, and I'm, I'm somebody who just likes to test a lot of things, get blood work. You know, I've had scores and scores of blood work over the years. Um, and I have some like GI issues. So I just wanted to see kind of like as an elimination diet, you know, start with something like super basic, like meat and then add back. Um, so I don't recommend the carnivore diet. I don't think it's, I, I think you can feel better, but it's not because there's anything super special about just eating meat all the time. Um, but in any case, after one month of doing it, I did blood work and I did have total cholesterol in the 400s, close to like 450. Damn. And LDL, I think, was around 330. So it Holy was crap. crazy. Yeah. Now, again, that was one month. I don't think I did any like long-term damage in, in that it's time. Fun. But yeah, totally nuts, man. Totally nuts. Do you eat red meat now? Um, I eat a little bit of red meat, not really on a daily basis. I don't have an issue with it. Um, I know some people, like people who follow like, vertical diet by Stan Efferding, you know, it's, it's a lot of red meat. I think it 
probably fine for most people to have some red meat. I just don't eat a ton of it, but I do eat a lot of chicken. Um, that's probably my main protein source, some egg whites, some protein powder. My, I still personally probably need to bring down, um, saturated fat intake. My LDL is still a little high and that's something that like I want to bring down a little bit, but I do notice for me, higher healthy fat sources. I have a lot of olive oil, avocado, things like that. Just GI wise, I feel better than if I'm eating like a ton of fibrous carbs all the time. Um, but I have unusual GI issues that most people would not have to deal with. So it's not my recommendation to everybody else. What's your LDL at currently? Um, usually it's around 120. That's where I'm at. And I, it's frustrating because I can never seem to get over that hump of like, 120 121 24 it's always yeah. like right there um hdl is like in the 50s but i'd like to get a little lower um i don't know i i you actually want to get hdl lower or you mean no, i want to get, I, I, I get ldl yeah hdl i'm good with but i want to yeah. get ldl lower yeah hdl right now is like 53 but um i i honestly don't eat any red meat and i've like i eat pretty low protein so really how much protein are you eating I don't know for sure, but it's not okay. much. Let me put it that way. I'm probably okay. getting like a hundred grams a day. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've not, I I've tried to, I try not to go overboard with it just for the sake of the kidney functions as well. Right. But I eat ground Turkey and then I eat egg, some egg yolks and egg whites and that's about it. Yeah. So I'm just trying to clean it up a little bit, but what, what's, um, do you remember what your latest kidney functions were and, yeah, I mean, I can pull it off for you. I have literally like just curious. I'm always curious stuff. looking at, at data because sure, the lowest creatinine I've ever seen, just from other people, was 0.85. But I know people can get lower than that. Yeah, and to be honest, like so, I mean, this is something that I, I review with people and clients as well. But it's not something like for me personally, I've worried too much about just because I don't have much of a concern over kidney health. Now, if, if in your situation, I would based on like your history and you want to make sure you monitor it, of course. Um, let me try to find those values for you. Let's see. Just curious. Yeah. Sometimes I'm always like curious that. with other people's blood work. I'm always. Yeah. yeah. So, and so like when it comes to like GFR, those values can range. I mean, literally I, I can have two blood works like one week after another and one I'll have like a hundred and one I'll have 80 like mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day fluctuations I'm not super concerned about. Obviously if you are getting like out of range and, and like you're less than 60 or something like that, I'd be concerned. Um, creatinine, my last one was 1.1. Um, again, I, it's not something that I get super concerned about. I've been testing it for literally 10 years now. It, it's always been right around the same. Um, now I'm not saying that just because something's in range, it's fine. I do think that some of the ranges are too broad um, for instance, like they'll tell you, oh, with CRP, like maybe you want it less than one. Uh, but really, I mean, you want CRP low as possible for the most part. And again, if, if you're sick, um, if you have some reason for having inflammation, it's, it's not something that I'd like, you know, alarm and everything like that. But in general, um, there's certain things where, you know, either one side or the other is maybe problematic, like too low or too high, even within the range, right? Um, but other ones, like for instance, hematocrit, like you were talking about before, um, I have to see the exact range, but I believe it goes up to about 51. But yep. even if I was at, you know, if somebody was at 50.5, it's not like I'd say, well, you're in range, don't even worry about it. If, you know, two months ago, they were at 40, right? And all of a sudden they started taking some anabolics and now they're at 50 to say, oh, well, I'm just in range, so it's still fine. It's kind of missing the point, right? Well, if in two months, like you have to look at the context there. In two months, you went from 40 to 50. That's a problem, even though you're still in range, right? So um, it's great that people get blood work. It's a big step up from the people who don't get any sort of like scans or blood work or anything. But I still think you have to go a little bit further and make sure you're looking at the total context and not just, hey, this one value on this one date and that one range, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I agree with that because the range is kind of skewed. It's like if you're at the bottom on the end of the range, like for testosterone, they'll be like, Oh, you're fine, but it's really not optimal at all. Sure. sure. You know, comparing someone with like a 700 test level to someone with like a 300, it's, it's nine day difference. But yeah. Um, I do want to make a comment on the protein as well. So it's interesting because the literature on protein intake for kidney health, for the most part shows that it's not an issue, but the caveat being in healthy individuals, right? And, and so if somebody has a history of kidney issues, 
Um, I still don't think it's completely clear what to do in those individuals. I've, I've seen um, data that's kind of conflicting there, but all of that I've seen up to this point suggests that if you're a healthy individual, normal kidneys, that protein intake up to like, you know, reasonable amounts that we talk about one, 1.5 grams per pound, things like that is generally not an issue. But if somebody's had a, you know, kidney scare or something like that, or a history of anabolics, I'm not so quick to say, don't worry about it. You know, um, I do think it makes sense to, you know, have scans, have blood work. And I mean, it sounds like you're pretty on top of it. Yeah, I'm still learning it all. I'm not, I'm not like a hundred percent, but I still listen to guys like Leo and try to try to figure some things out. So yeah, you know he's he's pretty extreme with his ways. So if I if I say anything yeah. that's wrong, I appreciate you. Like, you know, I'm not because I'm I'm learning. I'm still learning, sure. guys. I'm like early in this journey of uh, of longevity and such. So right. I, well, I, I think it's great thing because but... it's like you're you're so accomplished in the area of powerlifting, right? And and there could be yeah. people who, um, you now I won't name. I, there's a couple that specifically come to mind, but you know, people who like while they're so accomplished here, they just assume I'm so strong. I know everything in fitness, health, nutrition, I, I've got it down, you know, and um, it, it's nice almost to see somebody who says, look, like, I'm great in this area. Yeah, so I'm in this area. I'm you still know? very green here, but right. I, I know a lot more than I did six months ago, but I'm still like, I don't know. Way, you know, there's a lot of guys like yourself who know a lot more than me. So well, dude, it's a fun process. I mean, it's one of those things I was just talking to somebody this yesterday. It's like, look, like, it's, you never want to go through like a, you know, a health hardship or anything like that, but you, it can be good if you use it as a learning experience, like, well, Hey, I now know so much more about this. Like, even like for me, um, like right now I'm looking at, um, like, well, I should probably cut this part out because it's, uh, where I work in now, I'm going to be buying a practice, but I guess I don't want the people I work for now to know I'm going to buy it, but <laughs> I'll just use it as a general example. But you know, like, like there's some stuff that I'm doing now where it's like, did it go the way that I, wanted to go no but now like i'm learning so much about like this other aspect of life or like this thing financially or whatever that it, it's a good learning point so obviously it'd be great if you never ran into any health issues but now you know 35 year old pete rubish is going to be way more knowledgeable and for your clients who are maybe going through this you're going to be able to help a lot more people because you just say hey these are the trends i noticed and you're starting that so let's stop you before you get up here with these issues you're here where i was let's bring it back down you know yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's always just a learning process in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, two other things related to health I want to talk about was one, the testosterone. So, um, I forget where you're at in the process right now, but my understanding was you came off everything. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, I came off everything. I ran HMG and HCG for uh, alternating days for 16, 16 days, and then I did Clomid and Novadex for about 30 days, I don't know, 30 or 45, something like that. I can't even remember right now. And then I came off everything completely. So my testosterone was on cycle. What's, what's that? You did the HCG and FSH while you were on cycle. No. Oh, okay. No, I did nine years straight of taking various anabolics and I uh, never ran HCG or FSH or anything oh, okay, like gotcha. that. You came off, you did that, and then you just dropped everything else. Yeah, so like when I was getting the idea of I was going to come off, I tapered my testosterone dose down to like 60 milligrams mm -hmm. a week for like the last three weeks. And that was the only thing I was on at the time. And then I came off and, and ran the uh, HMG, which is basically like a form of uh, FSH. And then I did the HCG as well. And then I did Clomid Novadex after that for about, like I said, 30, 45 days. And then I came off everything. And I think it was like day 60, since my last shot of testosterone, my uh, total test levels were at 38 nanograms per deciliter. Wow. And now they're at like 409. So this is 150 days in. Okay. So it's, it's rebounding, but it's starting to slow down. There's still very little um, LH signaling. And okay. so it, it, that's pretty low still. So that's, it's, there's definitely some damage that's been done, but I'm trying to hopefully, uh, how did you feel on when you were tapering down to 60 milligrams? I imagine that's maybe a third of what you were using before. How did you feel? How was your strength? Did you st still maintain even on that low level or was it dropping? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's tricky because when you're on like a full cycle and let's say you're running something like testosterone with trenbolone, 
That's your peak. That's your peak strength. Like your numbers are at their best. That's when you're hitting the the 900 pound deadlifts and such. And then if you're not in that competition preparation phase, you might just be on like testosterone at 250 milligrams a week. And at that point you might be deadlifting a hundred pounds less. You might be benching 50 pounds less. That's just part of the game. And then on 60 milligrams, I was definitely weaker, but I felt pretty good still. Like I felt fine. Yeah, that that's like, you know, when I talk to people and, and clients, it seems to be the experience of many is that and, and even like some of the I don't want to say names, but like some of these retired bodybuilders, like they stay on usually not 60, but 100, 150 milligrams of TRT, and they can still maintain a, a lot of their size. And people say, well, they're lying about what they're taking. But I believe it. I'm not saying you can maintain peak size, but these bodybuilders who are get up to 300 pounds they're still seeming to maintain like 260, 270 on TRT levels, which, whereas if they were to drop to be natural, I can't imagine they would be staying nearly that size, you know? No, because I was 250 pounds still when I was on like a little bit of testosterone. Wow. I don't even remember if it was like 150 or 250, but it was something like that. And I was still 250 pounds. And I looked like I was still you know, I look pretty big nope. and now I'm like 216, 217 on nothing, but I dieted hard. And I, I, that's part of it. But at the same time, it's like, so you're leaner now. Yeah. Well, not even that's not that thing. much leaner. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, this is the sad part, but it's, it's, it shows how, how powerful things are. I'm probably the same level of body fat. I was wow. at 250 that I am now at 217. Wow. Is of just muscle loss and such, but, um, that's, I mean, yeah. that is what I consistently hear. It's just kind of amazing. Like, so basically, even on TRT, you're talking over 30 pounds of muscle that you were able to maintain that you yes. now have lost and you're still working out, right? You're still eating yes. protein. I mean, because I know like, um, like Vigorous Steve with who uh, does a lot of with Leo, he just stopped eating, you know, he had some other issues, but he stopped eating. He did like a super long fast, stopped working out, so no protein, anything like that. So his, his size loss makes sense, but you're talking now six months and you, and you lost 30, it was it six months. You said uh, five, five, so five months and you know, 30 plus pounds. I mean, that, that's kind of amazing, but like you said, it underscores how dramatic yeah, is why I hate when people say it's the icing yes. on the cake. It's like, dude, yeah, you have to have other things in place. Of course. But if the icing on the cake means another freaking 40 pounds of muscle, sure, it's the icing on the cake. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I've, I've really realized how skewed that mentality is now. Now that I've like done it, I'm like, no, yeah. it makes a massive difference. Yeah. Because what, what we like to do when we're on cycle or whatever, or like when we're doing like a cruise dose, like, well, I'm just on a cruise dose. It's not helping that much. But I'm like, yeah. it makes a mess. I, w- I could pull. I could pull 800, like 40 pounds on, on a cruise dose and I like still for 840 pounds. Now I'm like struggling to get back to 700. Wow. You know, it's, it's hilarious. It's just like bench, you know, I was bad. I bench in the fours easy, you know, and now it's like bench is like three thirty. And oh, it's, nice. it's just, we bench the same thing then. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny though. I'm like, man, no, it makes a pretty big difference guys. Yeah. I always like to say too, I'm like, if you bench 400 pounds naturally, you will be way over 500 on steroids. Yeah. Like I, I, everything I've seen, if you, if you can get to 400 on, on nothing, you'll smoke 500 pounds on, on any anabolics. I'm just wondering in terms of like limb length and stuff, like how tall are you? And do you have longer arms or legs? Yeah, I do. I have longer uh, arms specifically. I'm six feet tall. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, cause I, for like you nowhere near your strength, but deadlift was always my best lift. I'm six one. Yeah. I have a six, four arm span. So my, and I have quite long legs as well. Like, um, there's another guy I podcast with and we were almost the same height <laughs> and we measured our legs. And I, I think my legs had like three inches on his just at the same height. Um, so I have very long legs. My squat was always garbage. Um, but my deadlift was decent and, and, you know, not surprisingly given the, the leverages there. That's, that's pretty much how I'm deadlift always came a lot easier than the other lifts. Yeah. Match has always been like a, I got to grind away to get any progress on it. Yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, we can't under, understate how much everything helps. Like people love to downplay that. And I've, I've been there before where I've, I've done that, but um, it makes a big difference. Well, and what the way it happens is because it's very rare that 
and it, it sometimes people wait a long time, but most people who have used anabolics, it's not like, Hey, I trained for 20 years naturally. And then I did it. What happens is they were making progress around year seven or eight, you know, whatever it started to slow down. Some people don't even wait that long. So they're still gaining naturally, maybe five pounds or whatever. Then they do a beginner cycle and now it's, they just gain 10 pounds or whatever. Right. And then, I mean, most, some people with a great response gain even more than that. Right. But the point is like, instead of having like the natural trajectory of this, they just keep going and they just assume, well, no, I've just been working my ass off, which many have, right. They're still working hard. I've been working my ass off this whole time. You, you know, I have better genetics than you. You couldn't do what I do. You don't know how hard I push in the gym. All of these things that some of them are true and they forget, they don't realize, oh, if I wasn't on these things, I would have plateaued 25 pounds ago. And um, it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody, you know, with the experience that you do to acknowledge that. And um, there's another guy, Cornelius Parkin, if you've heard him, um, I've had him on the podcast as well. He'll say the same thing. He was like 30, 40 pounds added to his stage weight with like moderate cycles. Um, and, and so as somebody who is not blasting away, and, you know, I know other people like me who find it frustrating when people say like, oh, it's just a little bit of a difference. It's like, dude, it's, it's really not a little bit of a difference. No, that's a pretty accurate uh, synopsis of like how it is. Cause that, that's exactly how it goes. You're making progress still. You might be at that seven, seven, eight years of training. You don't need them yet, but you're just like, all right. And then you just keep going up in that, that, you know, peak Yeah. instead of things tapering off. So that pretty much sums it up exactly how it went for me. Um, Cause now it's, it's crazy. I'm almost like after being on for almost 10 years, it's like, I have to relearn how to do this. And I'm almost yeah. like, wow, this is harder than I thought, you know, um, <laughs> right. because you get into this skewed mentality of like, you're always getting help in some way. Yeah. And now it's like, Oh, you don't have that. So now you really have to figure things out. And it's just uh it's a complete eye opener. Cause I almost forgot what it was like not to have help. Which right. is what I think happens to a lot of people. Yep. A lot of people, even if they don't cycle, they're still going to be on like hormone replacement doses, which is still a significant boost. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm still very skeptical of a lot of, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I believe some of the numbers I see naturally put up as well. And I look at the physiques and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I know that, I know that you can't, you know, the, the amount of vascularity and the, the, the muscle shape and things that I would see when I was on cycle, I see people who are some of the, the higher end natural people have that same look or crazy yeah. strength levels. And I'm very skeptical. I think you so. said before that you, you feel like as much as people talk about like fake natties in, uh, in bodybuilding world, that, that happens almost just as much in the powerlifting world, right? People are just kind of lying about their status and, and making it seem like it's just their own hard work or genetics and not discussing that they're on anything. Yeah, definitely. And then the other thing now we have SARMs and SARMs, mm. they, they help tremendously as well, especially like something like uh, RAD 140 and people will take that. And there's just so many, so many ways to like cheat the system that I don't know. I just, I know there's some genetic outliers out there, but I see a lot of the numbers that, and some numbers naturally surpass the untested numbers. Yeah. I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Like what I, mean, I, I see stuff. how you guys look. I'm like, I used to look like that when I was on like, you know, when I was full on. So mm -hmm. my genetics may not be as good as yours, but it's still very suspicious to me. Yeah, I don't sure. have vascularity at all anymore. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm lean, but I don't have this vascularity like popping out everywhere. Whereas I used to have that all the time, you know, stuff like that. It's very, I don't know. Do you, uh, do you know, I'm guessing you probably didn't test it, but any idea what your testosterone levels were at before you jumped on anything? Like when you were 20? Oh yeah, I actually do. Oh wow. I did it. Cause I, I did, uh, drug tested meats, a couple oh, of them. Right. Okay. And well, one of them after it was right after the meat. So my test was depleted. It was like in the four hundreds cause I'd just okay. done a competition and destroyed myself. But one, I actually, that was pretty accurate. I was 19. I started when I was 20. Um, one I'd done when I was 19 and it was eight thirty two. Okay. Total test, free test. I don't, this, the tricky thing with free test, the scale is always different, but the scale went from like nine to 30 for the normal range. And I was at 33. Um, my so doctor, your, your actual free test was already above range. 
Yes, this uh, this was uh, 19 years old. I, I specifically, I wish I still had it around, but I remember that 100%. It was 832. Okay. Whereas like the highest I ever saw on a cycle was like 3,200. That's actually not that high relative yeah. to what some people... Now, you were obviously taking things besides testosterone. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, it's hard to say, but so on that 3,200, what was your testosterone dose? <sighs> Uh, I think that was around 750. I never, only one occasion I went crazy with the testosterone dose just to see if it would do anything. Yeah. And I always saw a point of diminishing, diminishing return past 750 milligrams a okay. week. So that was typically where I would, uh, as high as I would go. But I did at one time try like 1500 going into a meet. And I just didn't see any benefit uh, past certain ranges. Now, the, the, what, the thing from my understanding Every, every anabolic steroid outside of testosterone will not directly influence your test levels. So if you take Trenblone, it's not going to necessarily raise your test levels. That, that's what I believe. Um, yeah, that's correct. And I remember actually even, you know, again, this is probably a decade ago, so not to like pick on him because I've talked to Jason Blaha offline a little bit, or I guess online, but off air. Um, and I like the guy, but <laughs> I remember one time on a video, and again, this was super long ago. He said that other anabolics will show up as testosterone in your blood work. And that's not the case. It's not accurate. So um, unless, you know, you are, you have fake gear, right? Somebody says, Hey, here's Primo. And they just sold you like test propionate or something like that. Um, then that's not going to happen. So what was your total highest dose overall? Well, this was actually not that long ago. So this was 2019, um, November. I was going, I just kind of said to myself, I was like, all right, I'm going to go all out to try to deadlift 904 in a meet. And um, I didn't cut weight. I was like 257 pounds. I just, I was, this was the final two weeks. So this is typically how it works. It's not like someone plans out a calculated cycle. You just kind of uh, increase the dose as the meet gets closer. So the last two weeks, I did 1,500 tests. I did uh, 1,200 milligrams of NPP, Nandrolone, and then I did 40 milligrams Halotestin, which just about killed me because, not literally, but uh, the actual nausea was insane. Like, the liver wow. toxicity was through the roof to the point where I would take it, and within 30 minutes of taking it, I felt like I was going to vomit if I would sit up. I would have to lay down on the couch because if I if I got up at all, I just was like, I'm going to throw up, and I couldn't eat anything, and just very harsh drug. And then I was yeah. also on some Anavar, which yeah. I, I had to take the dose down because the combination of Anavar and Halo was so liver toxic, just really the Halo yeah. that I couldn't withstand much. That was the highest I ever went with things. I haven't done trend blown in uh, over three years because it makes me like a psychopath. Really? Um, completely alters my, my brain chemistry. Um, but the highest I went with that was 700 a week, but that was always, uh, consistent with volatile relationships and hair, hair trigger temper and um, paranoia like crazy and just general insecurity. And it's just like a complete basket case on that stuff. Wow. So it looks like, I mean, if I add that up, that's close to 3,500 milligrams, maybe at like the highest, um, you know, and so for people who are hearing the doses, when you're talking about a dose, you're talking about a weekly dose, but when you talk about orals, you're talking about a daily dose, right? So Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's certainly high. I've heard some insane, there was a guy who was on a forum, you know, I don't know, three, four or five years ago now. Um, and he died, but he was on like 10 grams a week, which is just like mind boggling. That's, that was on. I can't imagine because I, you feel like a, a pin cushion and you feel so <laughs> terrible Yeah, right. at even a few grams that I'm like, I don't know how I don't know how anyone could withstand that much because well, he didn't, right? I mean, he died. Yeah, so. he died. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Certain um, things are much harsher than others, too. Sure. Like Trenbolone and Halo testing are just yeah. totally you, in their own. How much did you weigh before you started anabolics? I got up to 230, naturally. Okay. so you It wasn't were, like as lean, but... Okay. So you're probably a leaner 217 and you're maybe a softer 230... So you're maybe around where you got to naturally now, would you say? Yes, actually, I'm, I'm really close on, on all fronts. Like I'm right strength around the same and... strength-wise, everything. Like I'm, wow. I'm basically 
at that same point. Now the question is, can I get past that point in the coming, right. you know, next year or so? But we'll see. Yeah. I'm just realizing it's it's a lot slower of a process. Right, right. Do you so okay, so you basically did nine years of anabolics, you know, got up to these crazy highs. I think it's safe to say, obviously, if you stayed on TRT, you could have maintained a lot of that. And I think oh, that's yeah. what a lot of these guys do, right? They say, well, and, and frankly, like I'm not against anabolics. If you're making the choice for the right reasons, whatever your right reasons are, you understand the consequences, you know, I don't care what somebody does. So in theory, blast away nine years, say, Hey, now I'm going to focus on health, stay on TRT. This is what, well, again, I don't want to name names, but we know people who do this and they, what's that? Everybody. (laughs) Right. And then they say, now, now then you have to factor in, well, can you be as healthy at 250? Let's say you stayed on 60 milligrams. I have no question that you could, um, from a hormonal standpoint, be just as healthy on 80 milligrams of testosterone, 100 milligrams, whatever, as natural levels. There's a little bit of conflicting evidence there, but most evidence shows TRT is relatively safe. Um, but just being 250 might be less healthy. In fact, it probably yes. would be. So yes. yeah, you can find a way to kind of game the system and keep the gains even without blasting. But are you going to be as healthy staying 250 around compared to maybe a lean 210? I think the evidence would show probably not, you know, there's not a lot of people who are 250 living to be 90 years old. It happens, but not, it's, it's a lot more rare. Yeah. And that's uh, that's an interesting point because that's what everybody does is they, they'll still be on like 250 milligrams of test a week and be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm healthy now. I'm in everything, but you like, you can maintain so much on that. Mm-hmm. Like you can maintain, you won't be your peak strength. Like, obviously you're not gonna be as strong as you were if you were on like trend alone, but sure still be pretty strong and everything and that was a big motivation for me like i wanted to drop my body weight to get rid of sleep apnea because i had it untreated for like 10 years and i just i didn't i wanted to get rid of it as much as i could so yeah i knew that being 250 or even 240 was not optimal and so yeah. i'm like let me get down to a, a reasonable weight and you know i, I want to compete at 198 oh okay wow um, cause that was one of the things we were going to talk about is the sleep apnea. Cause I do treat patients with sleep apnea and you know, it's, there are, I don't know if you have a CPAP already, do you? I've had one, but I, I just never used it. Okay. Um, <laughs> have you had a recent, uh, test for your sleep apnea? No, I, my first test I had when I was like 20 hmm. and it was pretty bad at that point even. Oh, wow. Okay. So I basically the last 10 years went without doing anything about it and I, Cause I just, like I said, it's that whole attitude of, you know, you're in your twenties, you're invincible. Sure. Um, but I really wanted to try to do something, you know, productive with it and get my weight down. That was a big, big motivation right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just being heavier in general, you obviously have a pretty thick neck and then that's a risk factor itself, um, at the, you know, at the extreme levels there. Um, but it's definitely, as I'm sure, you know, by now it, it correlates with a lot of health issues. So that sleep apnea if you still do have bad sleep apnea, I mean, that should be up there on priorities, I think, for you. What What are the main risk factors with sleep apnea? You mean, like, what does it cause or what? Yeah, what, what does it cause? Okay, so, yeah, because if I look at actual, like, risk factors for it. Um, or, yeah, my bad. No, that's the wrong phrasing. Yeah, but but maybe I, I should go into that, too. Um, so, risk factors, you know, people who just have a, a larger tongue, um, actually sleeping on your back just in general, can, you know, cause you're talking about a mechanical position of the tongue going back, um, a thick neck itself. And that's why, so I've made a couple of videos yep. on neck training. As you can tell, I don't have a particularly thick neck. Um, but I had an even skinnier neck before. So, um, I don't know what yours measures. I'm guessing looking at you 18 plus, have you ever measured your neck? It, well, it used to be like close to 20 inches yeah. and now it's like 17 and a half. Okay. Um, so mine start at like 15 and now it's like 16 and a quarter. So that's why people say, oh, well, could it cause apnea? But it's like, again, context, right? If somebody has a 20 inch neck, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend doing more neck training. If somebody started yeah. with a 15 inch neck, it's, it's just not, you know, this big concern. Um, but that's another risk factor as well as just weight in general. And there's a genetic component to it. Um, but the gold standard is just to get a test done. You have, to, I mean, they do have the at-home tests now, which are, are more accurate than they used to be. But in general, like I've had two tests now and they both showed like no to mild apnea. Um, but you know, I had all these wires hooked up and I'm in a facility yes. doing it. So it's, it's a whole thing. 
as far as things that it can, it correlates with a lot of issues. Now, again, when you look at, okay, obesity correlates with sleep apnea, obesity itself correlates with a whole host of health issues, right? Yes. So is somebody who just happens to have sleep apnea, but is otherwise in shape and thin, you know, they're just one of those anomalies that has sleep apnea. Are they going to have the same risks as somebody who's 250, 260 with sleep apnea? No, I'm, I'm sure they're not. Um, but in general, you do see a correlation with all of these health issues. And like, if you look at like uh, rates of cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular events, you know, there's a significant correlation with sleep apnea. So um, in general, it, it is something that I think should be looked at. And if, if you haven't had a test in a while, uh, and if your insurance covers it, I do. I mean, like I said, the at-home tests are more reliable now than they used to be. So. Okay. Yeah. I haven't had it done in, like I said, 10 years, but I'd be really curious to see, uh, see what's going on. For sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was, um, that was one of the things just trying to get lighter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is a factor. You know, I know a lot of people want to think, well, I'm lean, so it doesn't matter, but 250 lean still doesn't mean you're totally healthy, you know? There's a lot of guys pushing 300 all the time, and I just don't know. I mean, that cannot be good for you. Like, body weight, period, even if it's muscle, it's not good to be that heavy. Your body doesn't want to be that heavy. Sure. So I've reversed course on that. I'm like, I'd rather be stronger at lighter weight classes and yeah, than, than trying to hit absolute numbers, like numbers yeah. that, you know. So that's, sure. that's where my goals have changed. So um... – but just one last comment, we'll move on. But I think it's interesting, though, that like, so after all this time, you, you know, like hit these peaks, but now you're really focused on health, which I think is a good priority. You're basically kind of back to where you were naturally, right? Very similar. Um, one could argue, and I think it's a reasonable argument, well, hey, you'd be here if you never touched anything. But even more so, maybe you could have eked out a little bit more, right? Not a lot, maybe oh, if yeah. you're training that long, but you could have eked out a little bit more. So all in all, do you regret it or would you have done it way differently? Yeah, there's certain aspects I regret and I would have done it differently. I would have waited like at least five years um, because I started when I was 20. So I'm not yeah. surely I could have gotten quite a bit stronger than that. And I'm almost having to like go backwards now and, and redo everything. Um, just from a health standpoint, I think I was just way too reckless and there's certain things I wouldn't touch, like Trenbolone mm. and Halo testing and some of these these anabolics. There's certain anabolics I would have stuck to, like Ativar, Primabol, and, and testosterone. But yeah. I just didn't care. Like there wasn't lifting was my identity. So it just made it where I was solely focused on that. And it didn't, you know, it's like these bodybuilders, they'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. That's how it was at the time. It's no longer that that way. So yeah, I definitely have regrets about it. Um, and I definitely would have done a lot of things differently with it. Uh, so it, it, it's looking back on it. It's like good to have learned those lessons and it's, it's things I can pass along to others, but, um, I definitely, I definitely have regrets about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, I, mean, I appreciate you being open about it, dude, because a lot of people aren't. And I, I think it's important for somebody like your age, right? It's not like you're old. It's not, it's not like you're. 50 years old saying, Oh, I wouldn't have done that in my heyday, but you know, you're still in your twenties and you're saying that. Right. And it's not also like you've had this horrible health. Like, I mean, you're, you're trying to get back to normal, but it's, it, you know, I think when people see, Oh, well, they had some crazy anomaly. Right. And, and now they're 50 or they had a heart attack or something like that. They, they think, well, that wouldn't happen to me, but that's not what you're saying. Right. You're just a guy who used significant doses, but not the most extreme you're still in your twenties and you're saying, look, like this caused these issues. And, and I do have regrets about it. And I think that's important because probably most people watching this, that, I mean, if I look at like the YouTube stats, you know, there's people from like low teens to fifties, but I think probably most people watching are late teens to twenties. And yeah. those are the people that need to see this message. And, and if they're really considering it, I don't want to tell them what to do, but my general recommendation is not to do it because when you've had health scares, you've had health scares. I've definitely had health scares. Um, you see it changes you. And, yes. you know, it, it's just, it's hard to uh, relay that unless it's happened to you, but you know, you do what you can. Yeah. The only thing I'm kind of like happy I didn't do was I never did uh, never, not even once did growth hormone or insulin. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, thank God I didn't do those, but yeah. Well, when you look at like people's heart scans, uh, the combination of 
anabolics with the growth hormone can be pretty detrimental. So have you done heart scans yourself? I did. Uh, I found out from Leo, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I did a uh, calcium score okay. <laughs> like a, like a year ago. Yeah. And then I realized like, he was like, well, there's really no point to doing it at this age. But the, the one positive from that, I think it showed my heart was a normal size and my lungs were. Okay. So I was like, all right, that's, that's good. So did they do an echocardiogram at the time? No. Okay. This was my own idea because I, it, of what had just happened to Dallas McCarver and I like, yeah. had been around him and it freaked me out because I used to see the guy every day. So it kind of like hit home because he was 26. We were the same age. Our birthdays are like the same month. He would have wow. been 30 this year in August at just the same time I would be. And he, like we trained at the same gym when we were in Kentucky and when we were in Tennessee, we trained at the same gym. So wow. when he passed away, I realized that maybe we're not so invincible. Um, so I got my, I got a calcium score done and then it, it showed that the heart was, my heart was not enlarged fortunately okay. or anything. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think the Dallas McCarver thing definitely woke people up a little bit, you know, cause he was so young and then it was him and Rich Piana were like, I think like months apart. So that was definitely like a, a weird time for sure. Cause they were both huge names, you know, it was like four weeks apart, but yeah, I, I never thought that could happen to someone in their twenties. I was like, this is, I mean, obviously he's pushing the envelope to a greater extent, but it's weird. Like, I, I mean, I used to see the guy, I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. You're 26, man. You're the same age as me. Like that freaked me out pretty good. So that was what, when it really hit home, like, Hey, maybe this isn't a joke. Like I started changing my ways at that point to an extent, but not, not as much as I have now, but uh, yeah, that was pretty much when I dropped trend balloon. Right. Okay. That well, stuff is... Yeah. <laughs> well, I have uh, definitely more to talk about. And uh, at some point I want to get into like your training, you know, some of that stuff I think would be interesting. So we can definitely get you back on if you have the time. Um, yes, sir. But I know you got to go in a few minutes. So for people who saw this, for people who want to learn more about you, where can they find your stuff? I, I just have a YouTube channel. Basically, if you just like search my name on there, you'll okay. find me. Um, nothing too fancy. I'm not like always on social media half my posts are just about food or something so yeah yeah <laughs> i'm more chill now than i used to be cool awesome man well i appreciate you taking time and again for everybody listening we will have a link to the community society down below yeah appreciate it buddy